Craft Beer Radio, episode 166, on September 15th, 2010. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we're doing the show today without a net. I'm Greg Weiss. And I'm Jeff Bear. That's true. We are going to see if it's possible to do an unedited show. This is not going to be standard procedure. This is just sort of an experiment, sort of like a you know a live show of like I mentioned the pre-show of ER or they're doing one of Thirty Rock this season. You know, we're not we don't plan to do our shows without editing, but unless we're awesome at it, but I don't see that happening. I don't see that happening either. Okay, tonight we are doing English style pale ales. Uh, it just so happens I got these beers today because at work I do a monthly beer club. And it's really just an excuse for me to get a six-pack of mixed beers at full case prices. Right. So we pick a style, and then I line up the beers for that style, English Pale Ales. And um, people go in, and you know I bought five different beers this time and, uh, and sold 26 packs. You know. There so. you go. Works well. I, you know, just do it at cost so I can get basically my payment is getting these beers at Lower, cheaper prices. Slightly than, slower price, yeah. Yeah. So we're going to start off with a classic here. And this is Fuller's London Pride, an outstanding premium beer if you read the label. Well, so this is Fuller's Smith and Turner PLC in the UK, 4.7% alcohol by volume. But they say 4.1 in cask. Interesting. Well-developed hot flavors. There's marketing speak again. From Target, Challenger, and North Down hops. Interesting. Nice. Right, this beer starts out, it pours super clear, as you might expect from a beer like Fuller's. It's rather pretty. It's it's not quite amber. It's a golden orange. Very clear. Thin white head. You know, half a finger or so, but it's nice and dense. Yeah, at four point one percent, it's right at that standard drink mark. Oh yes, and it's right. It's really good. A nice sessionable level. You can definitely drink a couple of these, and you're not going to get wasted on them. Has a pro- predominantly hoppy aroma, but there there's some definite breadiness and a little bit of. Oh, I don't want to... It's a little doughy. It's kind of pizza doughish. It's like pizza. I, I wanted to say buttery, but buttery can be loaded with diacetyl and be a bad term. And maybe there is a tiny bit of diacetyl in here, but it, it's kind of a pleasant aroma. It's kind of like, think of that hot dough, which has the, you know, the butter on the top or something like, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what I'm getting. I'm thinking of like a raw pizza dough kind of smell. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Really, really smooth and starts out seemingly kind of simple, but then it gets really kind of complex at the end. It gets to, there's, there's a, these hops are really interesting. It's an interesting combination. It's not ones that I've really seen. I mean, I guess it's, they're more popular in England, right. the, the Target, Challenger, and North Down varieties, but they're given a whole bunch of really different and, and weird flavors in the back of my tongue that are just kind of mingling and playing around with each other. Mm-hmm. They're, they're mostly earthly hops. You know, there's some, some spiciness in there. Maybe a slight bit of flowers, but they're not citrusy for sure. Right. 
and the maltiness is just wonderful as well. It has a solid backbone to it. It's not cloyingly sweet. It's not over sharp or anything. It's just a nice, pretty, rounded malt to it. This beer has a lovely balance. Yeah, and you know it's important the way they've done the malt because the, the malt, like Jess said, is not cloying. It, it really doesn't have much of the sweetness there. It, it's If there's any breadiness that you can relate to, it's sort of a crustiness and or uh, uh, raw doughishness. Uh, but it's enough there to balance the sharp parts of the hop, leaving some of the earthy and, like Jeff said, I guess more some floral, kind of dandelion-esque okay, yeah. notes behind. This beer did win the uh, CAMRA, which is the British uh, Association, the Campaign for Real Ale. It won Best Bitter in 1979 and in 1995, which in England, I'm sure the bitter category is like an IPA category at the Great American Beer Fest, right? right? right. It's probably one of the biggest ones. And uh, it's interesting to see that, you know, over 20-some years, or just under 20 years, you know, it, it maintained, you know, in 1979... Well, it's, well, we are talking about England. We're not yeah, talking exactly. About we're States. talking about England, where where beer, you know, had a presence there. It was and, good in 1979. Yeah, yeah. There, there was actual beer. So, yeah, it's not like it's something from from the states that would be yeah. around for this long. That would have been silly. Uh, but you know, Fuller's. This is the second. I really have not had much Fuller's. But this is definitely the second Fuller's. It's very, very much impressed me. I mean, mm-hmm. ESB is without a doubt still my favorite ESB, and it's a fantastic beer. And yeah, we were is, surprised when we did our ESB show. We expected, oh, Fuller's big international brewery. This one's just going to be a placeholder. And it won the night, right? Yeah. And this beer's right up there. This beer tastes great. i not detecting any flaws. That um, that buttery flavor I was talking about at the beginning, it's not building up my tongue. I don't think it's diacetyl. I just think it's a combination of the malts and the hops and the breadiness. It, just, it may be just something you're coming up in your imagination yeah. because you have sort of you know the connotation there's the association of bread and butter. So you're bringing, so you taste that bread, and so you mm-hmm. taste a little bit of butteriness too. Right. But it's, yeah, I don't detect any any flaws here. And you know, it's, it's an imported beer. That means it was imported right. That was a concern I had with doing this style and getting three imports is that you never know if mm-hmm. the beer's going to be fresh or not. And this one actually has a best before date. Of May twenty fourth, twenty eleven, and so, they were recording this in uh, September, September 9th, So you can't think this beer is that old. Twenty ten, yeah. So you <laughs> you wouldn't expect that this beer would have like a two year shelf life. Yeah, right? no. You would expect that it it must have just came out to be at May twenty fourth. You know, so we'll see. That it, it's impressive. I'm very impressed by it. I like it a lot. It's a good start to the night. Let's see what's next. All right, let's move on to a Samuel Smith beer. Now, this is interesting. I thought of this on the way home driving, and maybe you can help me out. But Samuel Smith used to package all their beers except for the IPA in what clear bottles, clear right? Bottles. And now Look is, at this. It's a brown. It, is it a brown bottle or is it clear? And no, the, I, that's why I just tilted it to the side to see, but it's definitely a brown bottle. The pale ales... Which are hoppier beers? It's too. about yeah. It's the good. brown ale and the stout. They might still come in clear bottles, but it's not as heinous as doing a hoppier beer in a clear bottle. I don't know. I mean, I've tasted skunkiness in beers that have virtually no hop flavor in them. I think everyone should use brown bottles. I'm just saying that 
I'm like, hey, go Samuel Smith, you know. Yeah. Give up on the, the clear Euro bottle and, and do something that's good for the beer. Big big props. Let's see how the beer I tastes. I mean, either you can do that or you can go the... Uh, who's doing the, the glass that actually is clear but prevents the... the oh, I don't know. MGD uses a hop extract that yeah. doesn't skunk. But I don't know who's using it. A UV protecting clear glass. Well, it's not just UV because you have to worry about the stuff that gets riboflavin active. Right, right. This okay. beer also pours. This is the Old Brewery Pale Ale from Samuel Smith's. This beer pours stunningly clear also. This one's a darker colored beer. This one is amber bordering on brown. This big, is from Samuel Smith head. Old Brewery in Tadcaster in the UK. Again, 5% ABV. Just shooting on that sessionable edge. Big creamy head on this, a finger and a half. It, it creamy. It looks like really good on the head. These these English imports definitely are beautiful beers to look at. You know the um, on their website they mm-hmm. still have a clear bottle. Ah uh, yes. So maybe it's a recent change. It could be a recent change or it could be an international thing. I don't know. If we weren't doing this live, I would email Merchant of Inn and wait for an answer. <laughs> Merchant of Inn is the importer there out right. of Seattle. I'm not detecting as much stuff here. Yeah, I'm the aroma getting... is a lot more subdued. I'm not getting very much out of it. I, I'm like smelling like... My brain's trying to find something, right? And I'm smelling weird things. I'm like cinnamon or like just weird spices were popping into my head. I have no idea if there's any basis in reality or not. Okay, now I'm getting a little more maltiness and my head has shrunk. So I'm getting a little more maltiness. (laughs) Jeff has lost weight, so his head has shrunk. So I'm not getting too much hops or anything on the aroma. Now, we've talked about breweries that have a flavor before. Mm-hmm. Samuel Smith is one of those to me. Okay. And I'm tasting it here. It's kind of a cardboardy flavor to me. Uh, sort of a wet cardboardish flavor, which I know can be associated with uh, certain bad qualities. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the chemicals are, but I know oxidation can cause... Uh, right. There's... Um there's no human readable uh, date on the bottle. There's just a code on the neck here, hmm. which I'm not sure how to interpret. So I don't know. I mean, yeah, I can see what you're saying. It has a little bit, especially in the late aftertaste, right? It, it's dry and kind of prickly on your tongue. Right. It kind of makes you want to pucker your cheeks a little bit. And there's just, there's, there's some kind of overall... Uh, it feels like something is kind of seeping out um, of of your mouth, <laughs> like a seeping out of the beer. It's like the, the beer is not all quite inside the beer. Other stuff is kind of coming out <laughs> of it. Volatiles are, are coming out that I don't really, that I don't particularly like that much. Uh, underneath those volatiles, there's a relatively simple beer, I think. Uh, it's not... It's a little bit on on the hoppy side, but that makes sense for the style. It's 
just barely any hop aside. It's got it's got malt to, to back it up, but it, the malt really didn't have much character to mm-hmm. it. I don't know. The more I'm drinking it, the uh, the more pulled in it's getting. It doesn't seem I'm not noticing the rough edges as much as I did the first sip. Maybe it was just a transition thing. Uh, you know, it just, was a pretty big transition. I'm still getting the cardboard though. I'm looking at this not so much as hoppy pale ale. You know that London that Fuller's London Pride was pretty hoppy. Yeah, for. English what you expect pale, yeah. is an English style pale ale. It was definitely on the top of the range for that style. Where this one has good bitterness to it, you know. I think of it more like a sessionable beer. Think of it as a bitter or something like that, and, and maybe maybe it'll fit your expectations a little bit. But I mean, the Fours was definitely even more sessionable. At four point one had great flavor to it, and and really, you know, just there wasn't anything wrong with the beer. There were no flaws. Right. I it wasn't so much speaking just towards alcohol, but more of. Maybe I meant to say mild instead of, you know, a mild, an English mild, an English bitter, as opposed to, you know, pale ale for this one. Where it's it, definitely more malt forward and the hops are just playing a supporting role. It's okay. I mean, it has a tough act to follow. Of course. And that may be playing really against it. No, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I don't love it as much as I like the last one, but I don't have any problems with it now that I'm almost done with my sample. It definitely came in, came in nicely. I'm wondering if it was just a transition thing for me. I'm still tasting that flavor, the kind of burnt okay. sugar mixed with cardboard flavor. There's definitely a lot of caramelization, like maybe kettle caramelization in there. That might be giving it a little bit of an edge that you might be sensitive to. I can see what you're, see what you're getting at. Interesting. You know when you eat Mexican candy and you get a little bit of the paper? <laughs> <laughs> Mexican candy. So while we're on the Samuel Smith, let's give their other one a try. This is their organically produced ale, which is also an English-style pale ale. For my research, this is a lager. No, they have a they have an ale and a lager. Oh, this is the ale. Okay, I'm sorry, I had the wrong part of the page. The organic ale. Yes, I see it now. Hmm. Don't they have anything about? I have it at five percent ABV also, but no other useful information. It's a year round offering, and it's in a brown bottle also. All right. Ooh, the color is a lot different on this one. So it's not like the same beer, just with organic no, it's, ingredients. It's uh, more of a goldenish color. They say to serve these in the traditional Samuel Smith nonic. I guess that's a, a glass that they have. Uh, Are they yeah. like Sam Adams? They have their own glass. A nonic is is one of the. Uh, Standard types of glasses, but since we're not editing, it's probably not the best thing to get into no. it since I don't know exactly which one a nonic is off the top of my head. I find it funny that on the page they say, like the one, the, the lager, they say serve in a traditional Samuel Smith tulip glass. So you better oh, serve in this. A, non- a nonic is the English pint glass with the little bulge around the center. Oh, okay. All right, so. I like I like those actually. Actually, I, you know, I have a couple of those, but none of them are. I've been sitting in the cabinet for so long; and they probably need a good wash before we use them. And they're probably not labeled Samuel Smiths. No, they're not. So, so they wouldn't taste the they, same. They, yeah, 
Okay, I'm getting a lot more malt from the aroma here. A lot, uh, sort of like a pie malt, sort of like, you know, mm, pie-ish, cherry pie. Oh, well, I get you, like a, a you know, like a, a fluffy pastry dough type right. of smell, right? Something with lots of butter. Mmm. Butter. Butter and, you know, sweet, and something that's, you know, sweet and flaky. Mm-hmm. But still tender. It's actually a really nice smell. That is a nice, engaging malt flavor to it. It's still there. You, you get the same there. flavor, huh? Must they they mentioned flavor. here that the Samuel Smith yeast strain interacts, so they must use you know, like Rogue has Pac Man. They mm-hmm. have their own yeast, and right. I'm getting something out of that yeast. That no, I definitely still get the house flavor. It's not bugging me as much. I, I'm in, really enjoying the malt on this one. It, it is. How do I? I'm having a hard time describing it though. It's. I don't want to just say bready. It's more. Well, yeah, bready's a little obvious. Mm-hmm. Oh, and after you know my second or third sip, the bitterness starts coming through a little bit more. I'm getting a little more. I wouldn't say hops. But it's a little more bitter. It's drying the beer out. Again, for, you know, a nice... Sessionable beer where you're going to be sitting down and having several. You know, I can definitely see this working. So the breadness might be a little sourdough. Oh, okay. You know, mm-hmm. a little bit of that kind of... There, there, there's a there's a slight amount of, of, a, of a tang to it. Right, right. Um, and it's also got a nice sort of crust around it so mm-hmm. it would be a you know, nice baked sourdough with with, uh, with with a healthy amount of uh, of, of darkening to it um, the the hops I'm are, are a little bit are, are kind of eluding me a little bit I was concentrating so much on the malt yeah I mean it, it's definitely I don't think there's much hop flavor to this beer I'm getting mostly bitterness from it Maybe just a tiny bit of hop flavors, but the malt definitely runs the show on this one. The hops almost taste... I'm, I'm not sure. They almost taste kind of zatsy. I'm not getting enough to really have an opinion on that. But my opinion is I do enjoy this beer. It's better than the last one. I still taste that sh- sugary cardboard, though. Mm-hmm. And that's something I've I've found in every Samuel Smith that I've had, and you know it's just my bias. See, in my opinion, this one tastes the least Samuel Smithy. Yeah, it doesn't have as doesn't taste doesn't have nearly as much of that flavor as the last one does, but it's still there. I can still detect it. Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, today is probably the first time I've never had a non-skunked Samuel Smith. <laughs> that's. Another thing. I was always hoping that it was just an artifact of the fact that it was clear bottles. I guess mm-hmm. that's not the case. Oh, you mean what you are tasting? What I am tasting, See, yeah. I mean, I remember the last time I had Old Brewery Pale Ale. It was, it was just yuck. Downright yuck. And I was happy to be able to taste a cleaner version this time. And yes, there's house flavor. And you were hoping the house flavor would go away too. But I guess you're not that lucky. Nope. But 
But luck is not always with us on this show. Sometimes we just have to deal with what comes. We don't have as much ability since we're not editing to, to give lots of space and dead air that we can right, cut. Right. So I'm trying to fill up these dead air spaces. Yep, I hear you. And it would probably be helpful to have a dump bucket so you could... Because it doesn't look like you really want to finish that glass. Here, <laughs> use this. Okay. There we go. Let's dump dump bucket in the other room. And we're live to tape, so we can't stop to get it. Heather, help! She's dealing with her baby. Alright, so next we'll do the Dominion Ale. English-style ale. So this is one of those that uh, there's you know some controversy over because it's owned by Budweiser InBev. Or AB and Bev, or whatever they're called mm-hmm. now. Yep, AB and Bev. Um, but there's qu- I, I question whether it's had much effect on, on on the beer. I never was a big fan of oak barrel stout to begin with. I mean, I, it was okay. I was not enamored with the beer like some people were. I really liked it. I mean, on draft is where it stood out, and it had a really good flavor. And it was it was an oak barrel oak stout with oak flavor before you could really find that anywhere Mm -hmm. right now you can find it all over the place but they were kind of a revolutionary or a trendsetter in that way and i enjoyed having a girl on stout i remember having it bottles and realizing it's not really the same let us say on stout i meant on draft but it's not quite the same in bottles and uh actually i have an old i have a dominion stout in the fridge actually from yeah. before, I mean, can we? It, no, no, it's it's a new one. Oh, so we should do a comparison at some point if we could. I don't know if they're still available. The beer's probably not ain't good anymore. Yeah, that's true too. No, well, Dominion Ales is their English style ale, um, which makes sense since we're doing English style ales on the show. Four point seven percent alcohol by volume. East Kent Goldings toasted malt. You're not going to read the pairs well with part. Not really. <laughs> Not really. It's harder to do uh, live right. <laughs> with, with all these beers. Comparisons. With all these beers, you want to drink them in the mid- lower 50s, 50 to 55 right. is where you want to drink. And in terms of food, they've, they've all been kind of saying the same thing. Asian, Mediterranean, salads, sharp it's cheeses. It's a freaking pale ale. Drink them yeah. whatever you want, <laughs> my opinion. You'll find it'll go well with pizza, of course. It'll go well with I don't know. It'll go well with Fish, ju- just about anything bread, savory any kind of, that, that is not too rich, like you know, a big steak or something. I don't know if it would do a su- yeah. It probably would. It wouldn't live up to a steak, but any meat, light to medium fare, and it'll go great. Yeah. Might even go well with some kinds of ice cream, but it's EKGs in this sucker. I'm smelling the hops. The uh, color is sort of a light tea. Again, another very clear beer. It's the night of clear, clear beers for sure. It sounds like yeah. sounds like a you know that, that's airing right after Sharktopus sure. on the sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, my first aroma on this one was I always had a hard time figuring out what I was smelling. When you have that big head and you smell it, and all you smell is that head, you know, it's like I used to chalk it up to CO2, but I think it's more of like the proteins that cause the foam, right? It's kind of this, it's not 
so much. Oh, it's a little bit of if you smell like a dry pack of yeast, you get okay. some of that smell, but it's not yeasty, so it's not all that. But it's starting to put it together now. It's starting to click where when you smell this big-headed beer and you just get this kind of scratchy, acrid type aroma, it's it's the proteins that form. But we do have receptors in our noses and our tongues for carbonic acid, so... All right, right. I'm not saying it's not carbon dioxide at all. But I think it's definitely some of the protein that... Built. I mean, look, at, I got a much bigger head on mine than yeah. yours. So yeah. you're not going to smell the same thing in your glass. Now, if you're talking bready, this is the breadiest of the night. This is the one that most comes... It comes closest to what you would think of sort of a standard sort of Italian bread or or even maybe like American white breadish type flavor. Um, not especially sweet. A little bit on the dry side. Mm-hmm. And airy to a certain extent in terms of texture. The hops... Or one note, which is kind of what I would expect out of a beer that just uses East Kent Goldings. Mm-hmm. And the one note is is this moderately citrusy grass. It's kind of a lemongrass type flavor. Yeah, yeah, very good lemongrass. I'm hung up on the malt because coming off all these other beers, this one is flat. You know, it doesn't have the big build up backbone that the other ones have. It just has barely enough malt to get by. Mm-hmm. And it's a little cidery, right? It's a little tangy. And I'm not sure if that's coming from the bitterness coming through or... I think that's more the hops. I think that the hops are giving you... Because it's sort of the EKG profile is that lemongrassy... Not too citrusy, not too grassy, but kind of matching in between... Okay. Think of a of a say a spinach leaf and a radicchio mm-hmm. leaf together or something along those lines. Ooh. When yeah, when you talk about, you know, vegetable greens. Yeah. Some of that bitterness, that kind of bitterness is what I'm tasting in here. It didn't really click into you said that. When you said it, yeah, I tasted some of that bitter salad green type flavor. Where in the other beers that was replaced with this luscious maltiness you know right it's like oh why couldn't they do what these other beers did you know it would have been great uh this is i think not well it doesn't nearly it doesn't have nearly as much of the pedigree as the other beers Mm -hmm. uh so there's that to consider and they're you know they're not trying as hard with this beer as i think they would other stuff this is the american Beer companies in general aren't really going to try as hard. I found on their English style ales, than the English will. You'll get some that will, but I'm just saying in general, the the, the large. Well, they do majority. call. I mean, I mean, look at their their pro, their uh, their portfolio. It, it it's second in line right after the lager, right? So and, and they call it Dominion Ale. So it's not really meant to be. It is an English pale ale. At least that's what they're calling it. But it's more so positioned as the golden ale in their portfolio. Underneath that, they have their oak barrel stout. Their pale, they have a hot mountain pale ale. Then they have um, some seasonals. They have a blonde pilsner. 
Meritzen, Porter, uh, Millennium Ale, which is barley wine, barley wine, and root beer and ginger ale. So it's definitely targeted to be at the top of their lineup. And I mean, it's not horrible for that. It's just you could get the same flavors, not have as much alcohol, be a more sessionable beer, and, and maybe and also if you didn't have as much alcohol, maybe you could play with the flavors a little bit more, and maybe you could try something a little bit more complex in, in your hop arrangement. Just throwing EKGs in there is a little too simple. It, it's it's uh, it's not as simple as just lowering the alcohol because you got to do some some really crafted work with the malt with the malts to, to, to support a really low, a three, a 3% beer or something right, like right. that. You know, you just can't do that and get lucky. And, um, they're barely doing enough with the malt right now to get by taking the alcohol out. I'm not sure I have the confidence that they could do enough okay, with the malts okay. to make a low alcohol beer, you know? Well then at least, you know, give us some, a little bit more hop inflection, I guess. Not so much one mm-hmm. note. Give us a chord. Could be. I, I say molt it up a little bit more. Alrighty. Our last beer of the night. You know these no edit shows are making for quick shows because we don't We don't wander, to, yeah. <laughs> we are staying like, on point. Okay, let's just let's do these, let's do this, let's do this. Alright, so this is Boulder beer, Boulder, Colorado. They're cold hop so British style. They ale. they call this their British style ale. And tonight will be the judge whether it fits in the category. I've had it in the past. I love this beer, but I, I never considered it English style, right? I thought it was really big and hoppy. Well, at 6.8%. Right. So I go, the only reason I got it in the, the beer club six-pack is because if I needed them, I would have had it wait till next week because they didn't have any other English style pale ales in stock and every other beer was in stock. So I settled for this. What I would have liked to have gotten was Summit's Extra Pale Ale or uh, Brooklyn's Summer Ale. Okay. But I settled for this one. And when he said, oh, I got Cold Hop, I'm like, well, I don't personally think it's to style, but I love that beer. So, yeah, let's do that. Okay, so here's uh, the notes on this beer. Now, th- this is considerably more complex in terms of the way it's set up. Maris Otter Pale Malt. Honey malt, ten fifteen crystal malt, hopped in the kettle with Willamette, Czech Zots, Hillertau, and Hercules, and then dry hopped with Nelson Salvin from the Kiwi area. Oh, wow. Alcohol by volume, 6.8%. It's pretty big. I mean, these other ones have been bordering on the five range, and this is a... Well, 68 in the average American craft. Yeah, but I so. mean, still, in terms of you know calling this a British style mm-hmm. ale and then throwing it at the 6.8%, that's a stretch. Original gravity, 15.5, IBUs, 46. So this one's going to be bitter, but it's going to have the malt to back it up, I think, with 6.8% alcohol. So, here we go. The color is a... It's another clear beer. Yep. It's a little bit uh, lighter than the Dominion. This one's solidly in the orange. Right. Big hop aroma on this one. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) big hop aroma. It smells wonderful, but it just doesn't compete with those other guys. It's just not in the ballpark. Yeah, it, it's a, it's sort of like on this. Yeah, it's on, it's a whole different level. It's it's just it, it's playing in a different field. Okay, so yeah, the be, other ones beer, are playing beer, cricket. This one's playing baseball. Yeah, beer <laughs> beer advocate calls this an English IPA. Okay. 
You really get the citrusy notes too in the in in the the hop mm-hmm. aroma. Oh wow, I do. I don't remember that much depth in the hops. You you read you know Nelson Savon. That the, ooh, uh, it's it's almost got this kind of Chardonnay like. Mm-hmm. That's from the Nelson Savon yeah. because the um, it gives that winey flavor. That's uh-huh. exactly what the hops supposed to give. And uh, <laughs> is that? I wonder if that's new because I don't remember that flavor. And I would be surprised if they've been using Nelson Savon for the last three or four years. Who you knows? know. Wow. Yeah, that's really interesting because it gives you something that's totally different from from what we were expecting. I think because we were expecting sort of you know, okay, kind of Americanish IPA, with the saying British thing, and instead you get this this kind of like mixture of you know of, of a beer with kind of Chardonnay flavors and got these whiny flavors that are coming out of it that are very interesting but hard to pin down. You're, we're not. <laughs> We're not, you know, we have a tongue that that's trained for beer, and I've tried tasting wines, and my tongue just isn't trained for that. Right. You know, I it's it's harder to find the complexities and the interesting stuff out of wine, even though I can taste the things that are there. I can't taste as much as other people say, uh, and I find that I'm I'm coming up in a similar predicament here because of the winey flavors. It's almost like it, my tongue is like. Huh? I'm not quite sure how to process these flavors. Right, right. It's not bad, but it's different, and it's a little out of the comfort zone. I'm bummed. I don't like this beer as much as I used to. I mean, the the, the Nelson Savon is interesting, but it, this beer isn't as drinkable and scrumptious as I used to find it. And I'm kind of bummed. Now that I'm, I'm going to get past that, and I'm, like you were talking about finding a vocabulary for the hop, and I'm really interested in doing that next. I just kind of had to mourn a little bit that a beer that I really liked has changed, and I don't like it as much anymore. There's a good amount of sweetness to back up this this Chardonnay-ish flavor. So it has a really nice um, mouthfeel, and it's almost got a, a sort of a, a candy-ish note to it. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of a candy sugar, not Belgian candy sugar, but more like in an actual candy, a sweet candy. Cane what were the malts you said were used in this? Maris Otter Pale Malt, Honey Malt, Honey Malt. I have and, no idea what Honey Malt is, and ten but fifteen. Crystal. It tastes like there's honey in this. It has that meaty, braggy type flavor to it. Really hmm. interesting, and I, I'm. Wondering if that's changing my perception more than the um, the Nelson Savon hop. Well, I'm going to do a Google search right now. This may be a little bit boring for people who are listening live, but I'm going to do a Google search for honey malt, especially grain that has intense sweetness and no roasty stringency of caramel malt. Well suited for specialty beer. This is from BrewDudes.com. Uh, it's made by Gambrinas Brewing Malting Corporation. It's a highly kiln German malt. You're definitely tasting that. I mean, the description here, you know, um, gives your beer a smooth honey-like texture. It's very interesting. 
I remember. The, so comparison of what I used to recall this beer. I used to recall this beer tasted um, a little more. It was not the honey part was gone. It was more of a breadiness. Hmm. The hops were more citrusy and grainy instead of these floral, whiny type things. And I said I was done mourning. Let's talk about what we're tasting today. Again, that sweetness and that whininess and mm-hmm. it, uh, or vinous. It's not quite vinous. It's more whiny. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is there is a difference. Uh, the vinous is is more sort of grape and grape skin like, and the whiny is more like sort of the pro, You know, uh, there's more tartness. Flavor, there's yeah. more tartness in the vinous part, right? It's more of that uh, citric acid, I guess, mm-hmm. which is citric acid in grapes, probably something along. Well, the acidity, citrus. The acidity of, of the grapes where wininess, this one comes across as sweeter. It's more of that sweet wine flavor where it's kind of candy-like. Um, what other compounds in there? It's uh, is it jasmine or something like that. It's definitely a floral, like something. Chrysanthemum maybe? It's hard to say. Hmm. I don't know if I'm getting much in the way of of chrysanthemum or anything like that. It, but it's hard because those Nelson Simmons are 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 just are, are kicking my taste buds. They're just they're overpowering it. And not a, like I said, not in a bad way. Just it, it, in, in a way that is confusing. Really confusing because it's not at all in the wheelhouse of flavors that that. My tongue is prepared for. I actually I enjoy it, and and I would recommend it just to say you know hey, give this a shot. This is different. It does it qualify as a British style pale? <laughs> no, or or even an English IPA. I could see it as sort of an English style theme IPA. You know, sort of like here's our wine themed IPA or something. <laughs> It's it, it doesn't quite fit it doesn't fit with the style it doesn't fit the style at all uh, if you're just going based on style yeah you know after we're done here I'm gonna have to do some research to uh, figure out to make sure my sanity is in check and they did change the formula all right our editless show is still nearly forty minutes that's pretty good and I don't think we screwed up too badly no I think I think it'll be worth it I think it won't be terrible. Which is unless we talk that, about that's it too a much. that's a craft beer radio staple. Not terrible. <laughs> yes. Okay. There's our five beers. All right. Do you want to go first? Now, see, this is where we usually have a lot of dead air, so right. we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do a, a rapid fire. I can do first. Okay. Number one, London Pride. Dug that beer. It was hoppier than you expected for an English pale ale, but still within the style guidelines. It was perfect. It was beautiful. Loved it. Number two is going to be the Sammy Smith's Organic Pale Ale. Not very hoppy. Kind of like the organic pales of organic ales of yore, where the hops were way too expensive. You know, sure. So they were like no hops and just malt. But it was well done. I liked it quite a bit. Um, now it gets hard for me. I think number three, I'm going to put the other Samuel Smith, the old brewery pale ale. And Greg's probably going to have him a lot lower, but 
I enjoyed that. It came together. I'm going to mark up the first sip of being rough edges to the transition from the Fuller's. And then I'll put the Cold Hop fourth and the Dominion Ale in last place because it just didn't have the malt to stand up to competition. Um, I definitely agree with number one. The, the Fuller's was outstanding. The Fuller's, and it says right there on the label, outstanding. So They were right for once. Yeah, you know, marketing speak tells it like it is occasionally. And Fuller's highly recommended. This is a great beer. And if it's any indication, I mean, you know, we're in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We're not exactly on the coast here. You're probably going to be able to get it pretty fresh. If it gets to here pretty fresh, it probably gets to pretty much everywhere pretty fresh. Right, right. Um, number two, I'm going to go... I mean, just in terms of novelty, I'm going to go with the cold hop because I think that it's something people should try. I like, I guess, you know, I guess I like it. I really did kind of like it. It was different, and it's not something that I would like want a whole lot of. But I'd get a pint of this at a bar if I saw it. Really different and has those interesting flavors that you're just trying to put your head around. And I always like trying new things, so right. that that's up there. Um, I just I the Samuel Smiths they they to me have this house flavor that makes them for, forces them to be last to me. I just don't appreciate that flavor in there. So Dominion Ale comes third, even though it's really one note in terms of its, of the hop flavor. Jeff was complaining more about the malts. I think the hops were the real problem with it. I think that if you had some interesting hop stuff going on. Uh, then the malt wouldn't be that bad of a deal. But if they had a different malt thing, maybe it would have been different too. I, Jeff is the one who brews. I don't brew. So Jeff more has more of a mind for that kind of thing. This, the two Samuel Smiths are going to go last. The organic is definitely was way better than the old brewery pale ale. Right. But I just don't like the flavor that comes out of Samuel Smith. And if you don't like that flavor, you probably won't like it either. All right. Well, you know, I'm I'm surprised and stunned that I think we could put this show up like without me going through and picking out a bunch of false starts, stutters, and stops. There are a few ums there, and there are a couple, you know, spots. I found, I found myself saying you know a lot more than I think I normally do. But I didn't catch you. So that's I said it at least five times. But if that's as bad as it gets, you know, um, six. Yes. Uh, I think we're okay. You know, maybe the pressure. Maybe we had. Maybe we stood up to the pressure, and that's just what the challenge we needed. I think so. But again, I don't. This is not going to be a standard thing. Where most of our shows, nearly all of them, are going to be edited. But it was. It was worth it to have a try. Sounds good to me. All right. Have a good night, guys. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Craft Beer Radio. The theme music is Money or Time from The Lights Out. Email us, beer at craftbeerradio.com, or follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash jeffbear and twitter.com slash gmwise. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. Money or time, but you never get-